Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Randy Leach. We recorded this at her home in Centralia about a month ago. Before we get started, I want to remind my listeners who are banjo players or aspiring banjo players that I have an instructional clawhammer series at pitchforkbanjo.com. Right now, it's only $7 a month. I'm planning on raising the price in January when I start adding lessons for intermediate and advanced players, but if you sign up now, you'll be locked in at the lower price, and if you're interested in Skype lessons, you can sign up there as well. Again, that's all at pitchforkbanjo.com, which you can find linked in the show notes on your podcast app. All right, that's enough business. Let's get started. Here's my interview and jam with Randy Leach. Enjoy.
Randy Leach, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me in your home. Thank you. In yeah. my patio. Yeah. I met you very recently in uh, just a couple blocks away. At right. The, at the actually that, that way? way. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea where I am apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly oh, that way. Yeah, about uh, at the Centralia campout. Yes, yeah. Centralia. Mm. And I had been wanting to meet you for a long time because one of my dearest friends and basically my first like old-time festival friend was mm. Scotty Leach. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's been really nice to slowly over the years meet the rest of (laughs) y'all yeah (laughs) and put it together right yeah right yeah yeah because you Mm. met eva probably yes yeah a few years ago at Mm clifftop yeah yeah Mm. yeah and then we got to play together the three of us yes this summer that was that was really a highlight for me it's really lovely to see you two play together yeah that was it was a lot of fun i don't i don't get to see that many uh, mother-son all-time combinations. Oh. There's something really special about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how, uh, well, Scott has really come around to old-time music, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the Southern Appalachian old-time music. Yes. You know, traditional music he's been into for a while, but... But he was you know, rebellious and played Canada, yeah, Canadian music. Exactly. Well, Canadian, Irish, everything <laughs> yeah. other than, you know... He was playing Kate Breton, right. music, you know, everything that wasn't old time. <laughs> and how did, how did you feel about that rebellion well, at the time? Oh, gosh, you know, I, <laughs> when I tell the story about that, because it's, you know, that it's, just, it's, a, it's a dear story to me as a mom, because as the kids were growing, you know, getting old enough to play instruments and just show that they were like, musicians already you know without having an instrument to play um it was like we just had to get them to play something (laughs) you know it didn't matter what the instrument was of course you know we had examples of fiddles were around in fact (laughs) a funny story about scott we go over somebody's house and they didn't have any fiddles out you know and we leave and he's like mom where were their fiddles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably five yeah. or six at that point. You know, and he's like uh, wondering, it's like, because our house question. always had fiddles. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> but what I was going to say about the kids is, uh, um, yeah, the rebellion was because we had old time music in our house all the time. Yeah. So the, the feeling of it was behind their backs. It was kind of like, Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, don't let them see it, but the parents were like, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Traditional music is fine. You know, they're yeah. still playing their fiddles. I mean, that yeah. was like the important part really to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someday my son's going to be like Guachi fiddler or something to try to get to me. And I'll be like, uh, oh, no. Why won't you play it? You know, and I'll behind... I'll be like, yes. He's <laughs> yeah. playing fiddle? He is playing fiddle, oh, yeah. Good. He's four and a half, and he's been taking Suzuki for... Oh, good. Because, like, see, my kids started out with some of that Suzuki stuff. Yeah? It seemed to help. <laughs> well, you know, they had a lot of different teachers over the years, mm-hmm. as far as fiddle. Um, of course, Scott branched out into piano later, but he was mostly self-taught on that. 
you know, which is kind of interesting because I think he's kind of developed his own yeah. style in a lot of ways. But then he's picked up things from various really good players over the years. You know, he's he's like a little sponge. I think he still is like a sponge, but of course now he's a young adult. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Some, something I noticed when we were jamming together, mm-hmm. the three of us, is that you have a very particular taste in tunes. Um, and I was wondering why do spooky modal tunes stand out to you um, and where do you get them? Huh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where I get them. I hear them and some. I think when I was younger I would absorb them easier um, and remember them. Mm-hmm. So some of these tunes have come from jamming with other people and then or I'd have a recording of it yeah. but I I don't remember having to work that hard at trying to learn them. Yeah. Now it's way more work for me to learn tunes. I don't know why that is to remember them. Sure. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's that old brain. I don't know. But anyway, um yeah, a lot of them and they grab, you know, when a tune grabs me, it grabs me. And yeah. these were these tunes that we're going to play are all yeah. some of the tunes that really grab me. We're we're basically doing that jam again uh, yeah, I because I'm just excited to play those tunes know, again because I haven't funny. really played a lot of these with anyone else. Well, and it's interesting too because when I play with other people in jams, you know, a lot of times I want to play their tunes. Sure. You know, because I enjoy picking up tunes by ear on the fly. So it's like an exercise, but it's yeah. a good brain exercise for me. I like how it makes my brain have to work. Yeah. Something like that. But I don't know if a lot of people know that about me. I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people probably know that I don't lead a whole lot of jams. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fiddler, um, when I'm on the spot, a lot of times I can't remember the tunes or I think of the name of a tune that I know and I can't come up with it to play uh-huh. it. You know, those are some of the things people probably do know about me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, but, is, this is very relatable to me because I... I enjoyed the sound of music. Right. But there's a separate enjoyment that I get out of the game of of communication and trying to keep up with someone, you know? And learning yeah. a tune on the spot right. is, like, yeah. satisfying to right. do. Well, it's because, yeah, I like how it makes me have to really listen hard. Yeah. And unless I'm really trying to pick up the tune from somebody, if I'm just hearing some people play and I don't yeah. have my fiddle with me and there's not, you know, not... I'm not listening that hard. Yeah. And I just like how I have to really focus the listening skills in. Yeah. It's almost like I have to turn off all my other senses in yeah. order to listen that it's like hard. like sensory deprivation Yeah, tank. pretty much. Yeah. And I, my brain does it. I don't know. I think huh. about it. You hmm. know, I think about, okay, you know, I'm listening. You know, listen to that. What happened there? Yeah. You know, it's like there. sometimes it's like just... I'm missing just like one little thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's where the listening comes in. But what I was going to say about these tunes is Please. before when I got off track, um, when I'm playing that second fiddle in a jam, a lot of times people aren't starting these tunes. I don't. Yeah. It's like, sure, they're playing some tunes that I've maybe played before, so they come easier to me because I've played them in sure. a jam with other people before, but I never consider them my tunes. Right. But these are 
my tune. Your tune. Yeah, like if I'm playing, yeah. uh, if I'm leading a jam and it happens to be in a cross yeah. tuning, uh, I might play, you know, I'd probably play these or some of these. And we're in cross G right now. Yes, we're in cross G. Do you typically prefer to play in cross G well, as opposed to cross A? I don't know if this is a Washington thing or what. Hmm. Uh, it might be because there's quite a few of the folks in our old time community up in Olympia that have either come from other genres to come to sure you know other fiddle styles so like for example some people might have come to old time from irish or mm -hmm. uh you know um uh the quebecois tunes or something like that and although i think in quebecois they do there are some tunes that are in tunings i believe i think like this one uh Maybe. I don't want to put you on the spot. You mean like I don't this know. tuning? Yeah. Yeah, I think there are some okay. that are, but but I guess what I'm... But people are a lot less comfortable with tuning their fiddles up. Ah, So yes. it's like a compromise to tune it to cross-tuning, but if you tune it down, they feel like it's not necessarily hmm. going to, you know, hurt their instruments. Right. Yeah, so, and a lot of people will carry two fiddles, yeah. you know, even old-time players. Sure. I, I only carry one, it's because I really like this fiddle, and I don't, I haven't been able to find a second fiddle. I don't know that I'd really, at this point, it's been so long that I've only played with a one, and I just tune it. It seems to handle it okay. It has a really Nothing's special sound. Nothing's happened over all these years. I've had the same fiddle since I was like mid-20, well, yeah. even earlier than that. I was probably 20 years old I got this fiddle. Yeah. Because this was my violin when I was in college. Huh. When I was studying classical music. So <laughs> it's transformed. I mean, it's morphed into, you know, different tailpiece. It has sure. these on here. No more gut strings. You know, Ship of there's some things a that bit. it's yeah. turned into a fiddle. Yeah. But <laughs> it's still the same instrument. Yeah. It's just set up a little different. It has, it's always hard to tell if it's the fiddle or the fiddler, you know, that makes the sound, but it has a, it's a, it's a bit bitey. Yeah. And I really well, like that. I did, you know, I've had some work done on it over the years and um, I remember, well, it's been so long, I probably need a new bridge, but anyway, the, when this bridge was put on, there was something like, and I don't know, I'm not a luthier, so I don't know the details, but I think they said it would be louder. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, I have to really work not to play too loud. Yeah. <laughs> because, I don't know, it's, it's just one of those things I, I think I just naturally reef on the fiddle. I need yeah. to actually back off more, but... <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. Relate I know to that. I do. Yeah. I can be overwhelming yeah. in a jam sometimes. Well, I, I've been compiling a list lately of fiddlers who I enjoy playing slowly with, <laughs> because I have a tendency. Some listeners on the show may have noticed uh, that I, I tend to speed things up, but there are some fiddlers who I play with who I feel absolutely no temptation. Uh, to speed up with. Oh. And you are absolutely one of them because the uh, rhythm in inside of the beat right. feels absolutely full of really rich subdivisions. And, and oh, okay. I think part of that's your feel, which oh. is just really lovely. But also, I think it's your your attack too because it has that kind of bite, bite. to it. Uh -huh. the, the timbre is rhythmic 
and it's easier for me to, to latch on to. Yeah, that's real interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, I've, I've been told I'm a pretty rhythmic fiddler. <laughs> And you know, dance. You know, I used to be in a dance band, there and so <laughs> it. But we used to play old time music for dances. But with the rhythm in there, the dancers always seem to, and the phrasing, the dancers always seem to know where they were. There's, yeah. you, there's always a lot of complaining when people right. want to play old time tunes for contra dances. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where this is coming from. Gotcha. Is, you know, the the uh, the dancers can sometimes have. Okay, dancers. Nothing against you guys, but Okay, dancers. Yeah, right. Prepare emotionally prepared. Yeah, right. Contra dancers can sometimes be pretty hard on old-time music as I've far as, you know, well, and I've been a dancer before too, and I have to agree. Mm. Uh, it depends on the players, but if there's not enough phrasing, it's really hard to tell if you're at the top of the tune, and it it mm. helps when they're more melodic tunes. Interesting. That's what, the other thing. Can you break down what you mean by phrasing? Yeah, phrasing is like, okay, where's the beginning of the B part? Right. So there's ways you play to phrase the tune. So like, uh, so so that you know it's the end of a part. Yes. Or, oh, this is the beginning of a part. You know, it's like, it's really subtle. Right. But that's what phrasing is. It kind of tells you where you are in the tune. Because if you're playing all the notes the same, right. then it could sound like hypothetically any note exactly. is the first note of... Exactly. Yeah. You and just that's, don't know where you are in the tune. And that's important for contra because they have to actually well, because line the up. dances, with the, yes, there's a yeah. certain number of beats in the tune right. and the dances are set to that same right. number of beats in the, in the music. So if they don't know where they are... Hmm. Um, yeah, there's different parts of the dance that go with A part and then another part that goes with the B part. So if they're not on the top of the A part at the top of the dance, it's not going to work out. You know, so it, it, it's much more satisfying as a dance experience yes. to have the dance just flow hmm. very easily with the music. And so there's choices of tunes that work better for certain dances. You know, in a contra dance, yes. I'm talking about contra dances now, but but old time music can work for it. It's just that you have to really pay attention to, okay, which tunes are going to work best for this dance. Yeah. And then so, it can be way more satisfying for the dancers. And you've also found a way in the way that you deliver the tune to assuage the anxieties of contra, of contra dancers. Well, <laughs> like we need to know where the beat is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think over the years of playing yes. that with the, in that particular band, mm. we were able to sway some of the opinions, let's call them. Perfect. Of some of the dancers. So, this is a maybe a potentially a great resource for uh fiddlers who play old time primarily but want to play for contra dances or right. find themselves in situations right. uh, where they have to right um are there any old time repertoire tunes that you would specifically recommend um, for contra dancing well i don't have my lists out here i have some old set lists uh -huh. but you know the other thing is we did have to incorporate some jigs at point you know right. there are some yeah there's some caveats to it. Yeah. I think it helps to have a broad enough repertoire so that you can cover the smooth dances. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just play hoedowns. Sure. 
you know, and especially things that work for square dances, they're more rhythmic. Yes. It's the more melodic ones that are going to work well for contra yeah. dances, and they have to be square. Right. You can't have yeah. crooked tunes, you know. <laughs> I mean, so there is kind of, you know, and every once in a while I'll hear a really cool tune. I, this still happens to me, even though there'll be a, you know, a nice melodic tune. A lot of the D tunes are really nice melodic tunes. So certain keys are more, mm. we, we didn't usually play too many of the cross tunes. Sure. I mean, we had some cross <laughs> tunes on the list, Yeah. but it would involve like a whole tuning session of course. ahead of time. Yeah. And, you know, we'd have mm. to plan for it. Our banjo player would carry three banjos to the, <laughs> well, because we'd switch, we'd switch keys in the middle of the right. set. Yeah. We had two tune sets. We'd switch... And he'd just grab another band. He'd and it's stop somewhat, playing on somewhat the rare part. for a old-time banjo player to play contra dances. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe a lot rare. Really rare. Yeah. Well, I've only, I've just only for this reason alone, yeah. is a Changing lot of keys. times in contra dances, it energizes the dancers to have a key change. Sure. You know, and yeah. our band was really all about the dancers. Yeah. We really tried to pay attention to that. Yeah. And it's important. I don't know if every old-time band does that. You know, that's getting a contra dance gig. Sure. But it's like, aren't you trying to give the dancers a better right. experience, you know, than just, I don't know. That's, that was our attitude. Yeah. And if you give that energy to them, they'll give it back and it'll right. be fun. Exactly. Yeah. So that exactly. first tune was Come Back Boys, Let's Feed the Horses. Yes. I love sentence tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I know, I know, really. <laughs> Come on. Especially Come imperative on. sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Johnny, don't come home drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, what are we going to play next? Ways of the World. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yes. Now, this is one I got to make sure. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep.
for your eye contact communication, I forgot what the last part of the tune was. Oh. <laughs> so that was very oh, helpful. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> oh, lovely. Cool. Hmm. When did you when did you start playing violin? Was that your first instrument? Yes. Violin. Um, I was nine. Yeah. It was the summer after third grade. Yeah. Why'd you pick it up? Uh, Were you made to do it? I think so. Um, I... So I have this really vague memory of, like, somebody had a toy violin. Like, one of my friends, when I was, like, five, had a toy violin. It was just plastic, you know? It was just, like, a total toy. She wouldn't let me try to play it. Oh. And I was... I'm still like this. I have to know everything. And I had a question about, it was kind of like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. How do you run a, stri a stick across this thing and it makes music? Was this an older girl? No. You girl your probably, age? Yeah. But she was being aloof. She was just being like, no, it's mine. Yeah. You know, as little kids are. <laughs> and I didn't push too hard. I just yeah. was like... I really want to know how that works. Yeah. That's what my brain was saying. I do you, want to do get you my hands you, on that thing. So, Do you think if that hadn't been withheld from you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would I have wanted to? Right, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But when they came around that spring at school, you know, still during the school year yeah. in third grade and said, hey, we're going to offer, you know, a violin lessons, yeah. group lessons. It was a group lesson thing in the summer yeah. and I went home and I was all excited and I brought the sheet of paper or whatever you know to sign up to my parents and they were like okay how much is this gonna cost and it was like a rental instrument thing yeah. and they had already kind of you know prearranged it so that it would be easy for parents to yeah. just sign this and then you get your instrument the first day you show up perfect you know when it was lesson time and yeah. that's what they did there was a tiny little thing, you know, you start out when you're in third grade with a little instrument. Yeah. And then they had some kind of trade-in program where you get a bigger one when you needed it. But yeah, that was how I started. So where did trad music enter the picture? Because you, yeah. you said you studied classical music in, yes. in college. Yes, so I was one of these little kids that went through the public school music program, you know, with violin, started third summer third yeah. grade. And it just happened that, um, the, the teacher, not the teacher for the summer lessons, but the one during the school year, he was starting a whole string program in the schools. They didn't have it before. Mm. And so this, this third grade class, I believe it was the second of, it was the second year of them doing that. So there was a year ahead of me that had started in, when they were in third grade, um, you know summer lessons but long story short I followed this the whole process through I never stopped so a lot of kids will drop out you know they get sure. to be teenagers and they lose interest or right. don't want to do it anymore and the parents you know everybody just gives up well I never stopped yeah I just kept wanting to play and then eventually had private lessons when I was in junior high and high school and and then when I was in high school, there was a, when I was a freshman, there was a senior, you know, all of a sudden I'm in a school with four, you know, there's four years and you're in multiple 
year classes with certain yeah, yeah. students. And so an orchestra was actually a, a period of the yeah. day. Yeah. You know, it was a real class. <laughs> it was the first time it was a real class during right. the regular. Otherwise, it was either before school or after yeah. school for rehearsals in the orchestra. But anyway, orchestra was a class. And I was a freshman. There was a senior violist. She was going to, uh, what is it, Manhattan, one of the, she wasn't, I think, I can't remember if it was Juilliard or mm. one of the other mm. music schools, Manhattan School of Music or something. Because mm. you were right outside of New York City. Yes, yeah. right. That's yeah. where my high school was. Yes, yeah. I grew up 30 miles, well, basically north of New York City, yeah. north of New Jersey, which is like next to New York City. But anyhow. So there's yes. a vacancy? Or what? Do you mean like there's a vacancy and did you fill her spot? No, no. Okay. But she was going, I, I thought... What excited me was I didn't even, like, she she was going to music school. Yeah. You know, after graduation. That was what she was doing when I she see. was grad. I see, yeah. After graduation. She had already gotten into the, you know, into one of those music schools, like, as to be her college. And I was like, I'm going to do that. You're like, you could just do that? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, somehow I think I knew you could do it. Right. But what was so exciting to me was to know somebody who yeah. was doing it. And so with her doing that, it put the idea in my head that that's what I was going to go to music school. Yeah. And, you know, after graduation here, I was just a freshman, but it gave me enough time to really kind of plan for it. Yeah. And get ready so, for your audition. Yeah, because I think freshman year, maybe I wasn't taking private lessons. I took a couple of years off from the private lessons part of my violin playing. I was still playing in the orchestra, I was still doing everything at school, but there were a few years where I didn't take private lessons. And so I think freshman year I wasn't, but when I, I got inspired by, and I forget what her name was now, but uh, the, the student who was a senior that... The cool senior violist. Yeah, the cool, right, yeah. well, she's a violist, but yeah, yeah but, uh, but still, I mean, it's basically the same instrument, yeah. it's just a little bigger, and you know, but, but anyhow, the important part was... Yeah that it inspired me and then so starting in sophomore I got back into my private lessons and I never and then I just kept taking them and then senior year I auditioned for a couple of different schools my family wasn't going to be able to afford like a private music school kind of thing so I did end up going to one of the state university of new york um, there are a couple of different colleges at that time that were part of the SUNY system mm -hmm. that were known for their music departments, and I went to one of those. Yeah. You asked about the traditional music. When did I start doing that? Yeah. As soon as I graduated college. Yeah. Was it because you finally, like, you no longer had all of these, like, structured outlets for playing music? Not exactly, because it wasn't really a conscious thing. Mm -hmm. It was more like an opportunity thing. Yeah, what, what Well, happened? it was like... Well, it was the same year I moved to the West Coast, mm. right? The summer after I graduated mm. college. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, I don't know, probably within two months of graduation, I was, I had already moved to Eugene, Oregon. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, no, probably Eugene. not. Cool. Yeah, I was 22, moved to Eugene, didn't know anybody. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because, so I went to 
college in a small town in upstate New York yeah. between Erie, Pennsylvania yeah. and Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And tiny little town known as Fredonia, New York. And 5,000 people at the time lived there. You know, that was the population without the students. Add another 5,000 students. You know, when school was in, there were about 10,000 people living there. But anyway, one of the locals... I had met one of the locals, and she was taking a couple of classes at Fredonia. But I stayed around during, like, maybe spring break or something. I had a job at some point. And so I was around during when everybody else left. And she was there, and that's when I realized, you know, I met her. She was home because she was going to college somewhere else. Actually, I said she was taking some classes at Fredonia, but she went to high school in Fredonia. And so she was going to U of O. Yeah. See, which is in yeah. Eugene at University of Oregon. And so she said, hey, if you take a trip, you can stay with me, blah, blah, blah. So that was my connection to yeah. Eugene initially. And I actually stayed with her. And I forget what her name is now. But, you know, it's throughout your life. It's those people who really, like, helped you out. Yeah over the years you know like different people as when you're young i think this is probably true my kids probably can say they've had similar experiences but when i was young there were several people that helped me out over the years and she was one of them yeah. and give I, you something to do give well you directions. when i landed there i took a bus across the country i shipped a bunch of stuff yeah. by train and then i didn't have a car so i took a bus landed there like practically in the middle of the night in downtown Eugene at the bus, you know, the Greyhound mm -hmm. station or whatever. She came and picked me up mm -hmm. and I stayed at her house for two weeks until I found a job in an apartment. Yeah. But that's great. <laughs> yeah. But just arriving there, there were people playing music like, you know, street musicians, yeah. there were, you know, buskers and things like that. And, you know, I didn't exactly grow up in a place where that stuff was happening all the time. Yeah. You know, so it was a new experience to me. And so when I first saw people doing it, I was like trying, basically trying to play every, everything I heard, you yeah. know, and, <laughs> you know, flitted around for a whole lot of time, but it was all traditional music. Like, I, I think the first fiddle tune I probably ever played and I'm sure I didn't play it like you know in mm -hmm. the right style or mm -hmm. anything because I just come straight from classical music over the waterfall yeah that's the first tune I ever played oh really yeah I think that's a lot of people's first tunes yeah that's so funny that it yeah. was yours too yeah. but um but yeah I was like there was a band playing I was at a restaurant and there was just a little you know little band playing and I was like Hey, can I try that? Yeah. I remember running up to them and they let me. They were so nice and I can't even remember what the name of the band was, but you That's know. That's so great. Yeah. And just by ear, you know, yeah. they let me stand up there. But that was my first experience playing something other than yeah. what I grew up with. Um, yeah. Crazy That's cool stuff. that you put yourself out there. I feel like a lot yeah, of people well, are like I was very never intimidated. Afraid. I know. Well, I was I grown up playing in front of people all my life. I just wasn't afraid. That it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. It's like weird. And I didn't have my violin with me, so I borrowed theirs. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. <Wow>. So. <laughs> 
I'm very, imp- I'm very impressed. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, I was 22, and you know, who cares? I just didn't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I cool. don't know. I didn't even think about it. I just jumped up there and I was like it. all excited. And how can you say no to this <laughs> excited, cute little young woman? Whatever. Anyway, oh boy. What should what should we play next? Oh, uh, yes, more tunes. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> do that old old bunch of keys. Sure. Sounds good. Um I'm just going to start right in. Okay.
whole bunch of keys. Oh, and there's a the train. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Centralia. <laughs> oh, there's one of my buddies over there, oh, my yeah. spider buddies. My spider buddies. <laughs> oh, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, hmm. I have a lot of spiders in this patio. So, uh, the, this next tune, Hog Eyed Man? Yes. I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite out, out of those tunes that we played, but this one has like a really weird little trick that took me like an inexcusably long time to figure out. <laughs> and then once I did, I was like, oh man, I should have figured this out right away. But yeah. it's a really cool version. Okay. Do you, do you remember where you got this one? Mm, not exactly. No. It's been one I've played for a long, long time now, yeah. but I don't so know. So now it's just you. It, it seems it's like yours. it went around the circuit for a while, yeah. you know, like where people were playing it a lot, yeah. and then it kind of died out, but you don't hear it that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, just in a regular jam situation, hmm. it doesn't pop up, but yeah. I still play it. I still like it, yeah. and, you know, but cool. I don't remember. I don't, I'm not even sure where it's from. I, I don't think, think I've looked ever it heard up recently, but version. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a cool tune and it's just spooky. Yeah. I'm into spooky tunes. What can I it's say? It's very spooky. You said that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me check. Because uh, I was doing. I think I bent some of my strings. Okay, Hog Eye Man.
It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we were really getting into it towards oh, the end boy. there. Well, we have one tune left. Uh, we're going to play this Georgia Horseshoe, which I don't think I've ever played before. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that it? Yeah, well, and then we're going to do our bonus track afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we did this one first. Right. Did we do this one? We did Ways of the World second. Oh, okay. And we did a whole bunch of keys. Yes. Yeah, we've done everything oh, okay. except, except for this Georgia. one. Georgia. And okay. then we'll do Sandy Boys after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks so much for giving up a part of your Sunday afternoon for this. This is really nice to play with you. This has been a perfect day to do this. And outside is yes. even better. Yes. So, no, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm glad that you came down. <laughs> Me too. I mean, or up, yeah. whichever way you yeah. came <laughs> to get here. I don't know. Um, yeah, mm. so it's been really fun. Yeah. Exc exc excited for, for, for next time. Yeah. It's nice that we live close. Yeah. Georgia Horseshoe? Yeah, I was just... Ready when you are. Prepping yeah. the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Make sure to check out pitchforkbanjo.com for my online claw hammer tutorials and to sign up for Skype lessons. And don't forget about my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It comes out every Tuesday. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.